all this time, partner. Everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. Johnny and uh, Kelly. Kelly, how you doing, man? Doing uh, pretty good. Just coming down from a bit of a cold, but uh, nothing uh, better than uh, old world class to make me feel good again. Well, there you go, man. That's the, the soup. That's the soup for the heart. Uh, Johnny, man, what's going on, man? <laughs> world class is chicken soup for the soul. Is that? <laughs> that's right, baby. Okay. Well. Well, Bill Rasky is chicken soup. That's just they give you a big heaping spoonful of Bill Rasky. Extreme Rules. <laughs> yep. That too, yeah. But yeah, I'm doing good. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. We're we looking at a world class championship wrestling, October first, nineteen eighty three, and uh, it opens up with a Kevin Von Erich Harley Race match, which we reviewed. So we, I guess we won't go into it, but it's clear here. I'm guessing. They know they're not getting Harley for their big Thanksgiving Day show because he's going to be working Starcade that year uh, with Flair and the famous Flair getting his uh, uh, crowning his uh, massive achievement of the world, winning the second mm-hmm. world heavyweight champion. But they're getting a date of form in October, so I'm guessing that. I mean, I, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, later I think it's late October they're getting him for a week in here, and mm-hmm. I think this is just a little foreshadowing mm-hmm. and and. But it was odd because what we end up getting is Harley versus Iceman for the TV. But it was clearly they were building to a David Von Erich or a Kevin rematch. But maybe they ran that on the loop. I'm not sure. Something maybe we should research maybe for another show. Um, mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? Uh, clearly they know. What do, you, what do you think, Kelly? They clearly they know they're not getting Harley for the Thanksgiving. And I think uh, for a, for a, a makeup, they're giving, giving, them a, giving them a week here in October or something. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, but the, the Thanksgiving thing is kind of new this year. I don't know if they were running. They didn't do a Thanksgiving Star Wars in 82. Um, and I think they're capitalizing now on the popularity and running them more often. But I, I do know they have the NWA champion for the Christmas Star Wars in 83 right. coming up. So they have the date on that. And that's but the to think, yeah, the there was no way they could compete. Yeah, they couldn't compete with Greensboro and Starcade. Um yeah, that's, I guess, what's going on. What about you, Johnny? You think they knew about the date pretty much uh, set in stone? Uh, I think they had a pretty – the NWA calendar champion is pretty full, you know? Oh, yeah. This is October. I'm sure they've already decided that Flair's winning the belt. So, you know, it's this is already set in stone. And, you know, Crockett was far more of a power player in the NWA than Fritz was. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So crowning Flair, who is a Crockett yeah. guy. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, the only reason Race got the belt back was to lose it to Flair. I mean, there yeah, was no exactly. yeah. vote or anything where they switched it because Flair wasn't drawing or something. It was just an angle to 
billed for Starcade way back uh, in June when they switched the title. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I'm guessing the angle would have stayed the same if it was Flair uh, in that role uh, instead of Harley uh, uh, when, in, in June 10th, 1983 here. Uh, yes. They probably would have gone to they probably would have ran the same exact angle with David interfering and setting up to David and Flair. Kind of, kind of fucked up world class's plans because obviously in December they end up running David versus Flair, and so Harley, you know, they do all these angles with Harley, and they mean it means nothing in the long run, huh? I thought maybe they were just trying to, you know, say, hey, here's the world champion, you know. They think their plans right now are more focused around uh, the angles they're running than more yeah. than the world title stuff. Right, right. But the, the world title always pops a crowd for them and stuff. What about you, Kelly? What do you think? Do you think uh, they they pretty much just ran the same angle and just replaced Flair and Harley uh, interchangeable? Yeah, I mean Flair's the the one that they I think want, but they had. Uh, go with the story because they were because of the angle with Harley and in, in the Carolina. So they had no choice. Just use Harley as a substitute for one show or two shows or whatever. And clearly this is some of the early going on shenanigans of Fritz versus the NWA that would eventually lead to a split. Correct. Well, he's been bitching about the NWA on every one of these TV shows for, that we've been watching with their incompetent referees and bad decisions. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the company, I mean, that's part of the booking, but I think the, the not getting the dates, the changing of race and flair throwing off because the story all along was carry over flair. And then they, you know, they bring in Harley and then we get Kevin and David involved in that. And then you go back to the flair, uh, which is kind of takes away from the world class narrative. What, what the story that Fritz was telling and yeah. stuff. And then we move over, and they have another repeat for us. So I guess they had a lot of uh, dead air time, really, here yeah. for this show. And we get the show as valet for a day to show highlights and some of the clips and stuff. And it's still, still a great piece of business. I mean, we both raved, all three of us raved about it when we talked about it the first time. But it also, I think they're also softening up, and this is where they're starting to babyface sunshine a little bit because uh, they drop, they name drop. Or they don't actually name drop, but they start talking about hiring an assistant for yep. And then we move over and we get Johnny Mantel versus Bill Rathke. Um, what did you think of this there, Kelly? <laughs> well, uh, Mantel's Super Push, which I'm now calling Super Push 83, keeps on chugging along. Um, I know, Pete, you, you're not a fan of this, even though you were the only defender I'm tell originally. Now you've turned on him because he's gotten too good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, weird. I, I thought some of the booking choices were odd, but I think he's <laughs> I think he's a fine, solid worker. Right. And this is the return of Bill Rathke, or maybe he was back a couple of weeks ago, or even last week. I can't remember. I know he was gone for a while, and he lost his hat, yeah. and now he's he seems to be a lot bigger too. And he's also being treated better. Mercer has a lot of praise for him, actually. Now he's he's actually cowboy Bill Rathke. Yeah, they're both cowboys. I mean, I don't know what the hell. Uh, yeah, he, he's right. A, he, he's a cowboy with no cowboy hat, no boots, yeah. no uh, Indianapolis Colts insignia on his ass. Nothing. <laughs> and he sounds like he's from Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. And when he did have a hat before, it wasn't a cowboy hat. It was like a fedora sort of with a feather in it, if I recall. Yeah, it was like, kind of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, John? What yeah. do you think of this? Um, God, Bill Rath, he's a, he stinks. He's awful. This, I mean, he looks like he's in a, a, a yellow and black singlet like with black ass and a yellow top. And he looks like a fat killer bee. Just terrible with his B cups hanging out. This, uh, just, uh, I, this was terrible. And, and the yeah, worst there's part- a reason why <laughs> underneath jobber types were never bigger. Very the the ones you don't or the the ones you don't remember because they were so bad because they're hard to move, they're hard to work with, and if you had sizes, you get a push. So that says something. You must have zero personality and stink if you're his size and you're in your in job duty role and he's just not very good as a jobber no and he's pulling he's constantly pulling <laughs> his wedgie out of his ass and stuff he just you, yeah you, so you add in fucking the, just bill rathke plus john mantell and i'm like here's why i was mad this was this was the show that i accidentally watched ahead of time so i when i looked at back at my notes this afternoon i was like i don't understand any of these i shit i have to watch this again so i had to watch this fucking match twice and i, I fast forwarded through a lot of it this time oh, no. but uh Jesus Christ! Life is too short to watch two John Mon- Man- Mantel Bill Rathke matches. <laughs> well, it was a short squash, though. I mean, it was—it's just keeping Mantel's super push going. Flash Russian leg sweep for the win. Yeah, I'm all—I'm all in on Mantel. I want to see how how far this can possibly go before he's he's uh, knocked down a notch again. I personally thought Mantel pulled a miracle out of this match because how bad <laughs> Rathke is. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a good match or anything, but I thought it was a solid Mantel performance. Um, then we leads us to the second match, which was David Von Erich versus the Mongol. Um, and this is actually where they start talking about uh, Precious, but they don't talk about by they don't name drop her or they name they call her something. I can't oh, remember. Oh boy, I do. I'm sure, one of you boys have the notes. So uh, yep. Well, I'll throw it over to you, Johnny, because I know you have the notes for the name. Okay, so number one. Here we go with more of this fucking Von Erich's early Devastation Incorporated feud, which is just the not the worst. Uh, fucking Mongol. And, but yeah, they're talking about the assistant thing. Bill says, <laughs> he's like, we don't know what her name is yet. Perhaps it'll be Moonbeam or one of the planets. What the <laughs> fuck are you? What, are you high? What the fuck are you on? Well, it makes sense if you think about it, brother. Sunshine. Uh, he was coming with hippie names. Uh, and one of the plan. Okay, I, Moonbeam. <laughs> I, I wish. I mean, I wish Precious. You know. I wish Precious was Moonbeam. That'd be great. But oh, he he calls he calls the Mongols' hair a folksy, stylish haircut. <laughs> Where? And then he says about Jimmy Garvin. Well, if Jimmy Garvin is going to have two ladies, he'll. He'd be like Bond, the 007 agent. Like, what? And he says the Mongol runs across the plains of the ring. And then, because this is, then they do something that is interesting, because it's it's something they're leading up to. Because David just beats him with the claw, which takes forever, by the way. It's the longest claw hold ever. And the Mongol blades for the claw hold. (laughs) And, Uh And then he's done... And, and Akbar's screaming. He's like, "No one in my stable submits." So you made the wrong call, referee. 
I was like, oh, what is going on here? <laughs> but then I see what, once we get into further storytelling, I do see what's going on here with the yeah. reemphasizing the claw is, is the story here. But yeah, reemphasizing the claw versus something. And we'll get yes, to that next we'll week. We'll get to that next um, week. But Jesus, but Christ, yeah. this was, I, I like David, but this match sucked. Yeah, but it's like one of those moments where you'd be like, you'd be shitting on the storytelling here, Johnny. And Johnny, but real Johnny would be saying, well, it was the WWE and you're shitting on it. You'd be going, well, let's see where the story's going. And then we see kind of where it's going next week. So it kind of makes a lot more sense. Well, yeah, but but I'm just looking at it like, oh, why is it taking David Von Erich fucking three minutes to beat the Mongol with a claw hold? I'm like, shouldn't it take, shouldn't that be faster? And why is he bleeding? The Mongol hasn't been pushed his dog shit. I mean, he's in a... He's him, a, yeah, he's hardly ever lost, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's been got his pretty, his pretty semi-regularly push. He coming off a feud with Chris Adams, so it's not like he's Bill Rathke. Then if it was Bill Rathke, I could totally understand your point. <laughs> but the Mongol, I mean, and does the Mongol, do I think the Mongol deserve the push? No, but he is getting a small little push. He has a, a he's been Devastation Inc., and you don't want to completely neuter the, the, this, this group before they get started. Uh, so I can understand. I mean, if you, bottom line is he still succumbed to the claw with a blade job, which uh, got the claw over even more deadly, if you ask me. Um, what do you think, Kelly? Yeah, I'm totally fine with the, the making the claw stronger. I mean, it's it's often been treated as not very special, you know, busted out in the middle of a match and then easily broken and not often used as a finisher by any. And then they use it as variations. There's a stomach claw. There's you know the yeah. head claw. You know so yeah. They've actually actually a lot of the ways with the claw. The Von Erichs use it with a lot of their ways. It's almost like Jake almost prostituting the DDT in a way. In a lot of his matches, if you watch him in WWF, Jake would be constantly teasing the DDT. He would never hit it, uh, but he would tease it like three or four times in a match and. And, and that's kind of like how the claw, they tease it and then hit it in the middle of a match, though. And so it made it even worse. Well, yeah, they, like, yeah, I mean, Jake, at least, if you, yeah, teasing the DDT is fine, but nobody was kicking out of the DDT. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, or anything like that. Um, yeah, I got to talk about Mercer a bit, though, because he's just, with, with each passing week, he's getting worse. Um, in the first match with Mantel and Rathke, this was his quote. Main event is a real action packer. An action packer. So he, yeah, he's just inventing uh, terms now. Um, so many malaprofisms. It's just he just he constantly screws things up. And and here he's. This is the whole um, part about introducing or, or first talking about Sunshine's assistant. But the way he gets to it is just. He starts babbling on takes, about Garvin and Sunshine. It yeah, takes forever. It takes forever. It takes, instead, yeah. of saying, instead of just saying, Jimmy Garvin's been so happy with Sunshine that he feels she needs an assistant. That's all you need to say. He yeah. talks. He must be so impressed with her. Efficiency. <laughs> efficiency and good looks. And it's, it's just it's this meandering nonsense. Yeah. This guy is like, my notes are, what the hell is he talking about? Why is he going on? Like, they're not even in this match, Garvin. 
And then finally he gets to the point, but it took yeah forever. Just well, that's it. Then he, it was because he that he's, he would be telling the, the sunshine story and then go, oh look at what David did there. Well, let me get back to this Jimmy Garvin thing. So as I was saying, and there's on and on and on. Oh boy. Yeah. So Mercer's just just so bad. Um, I noticed David being listed as six foot seven. I, this is the first time I've ever noticed his height being. Listed was that true? I it guess he. Be true. He, no way. That seems no yeah. way. I mean, he was he really like tall. Six five, six four, but six seven is. Yeah, that's a bit too much. That's like Hogan's height. Oh, well, maybe they were. Well, Hogan's height was exaggerated. Yeah, Hogan's height was exaggerated too. <laughs> yeah. Hogan was a pretty so tall boy, maybe. though. I mean. Oh yeah, but yeah, they're, they're probably they're probably similar in height. Actually. Well, they, David Hogan was probably tall. like six eight. I think David six five. Well, no, that's just they used to always claim that Hogan was six eight, and he's nowhere near six eight. He's he's more like yeah. he's more like six five, six six. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, for some reason, I never noticed that they uh, listed him as so tall before. But anyway, for the match, yeah, I, I you know it's cool when um, a heel blades or someone blades for the. McClaw, that's what Harley did years before this to get David over big in St. Louis. Yeah. Was the the angle where he bladed in McClaw. Um, I think we talked about that sort of push uh, not too long ago. I mean, ago. when you think about it, it matters a hell of a lot more when Harley does it. You know, all in pecking order. It comes back yeah. to the, uh, to the like, I remember reading in Cactus Jack's book, why would you be taking the same bumps for Ray Odyssey as you're taking for Jeff Jarrett in Memphis? Um, you know? Right, but they, like, yeah, we've, we've talked about. They have a, a plan and where this is going with the claw, so they gotta make it yeah. a, a serious it weapon. Here, yeah, so. yeah, and Mongol, I think, is getting slowly, finally, phased down. Yep. So, and he has a great crimson mask. I'll give him that. He looked <laughs> looked awesome it's after the best it was thing, all. It's the best thing he's ever done was cut himself with a razor blade. It's so great that it stays with him for, for two straight weeks. I There's know. A spoiler for next. He couldn't, he couldn't, yeah, he couldn't get it off. Couldn't get it I literally, off. I forgot that they taped these shows that you know one right after the other, and I'm like, so what? Is this his? Is this, is this how he thinks he's going to get over? He's just going to blade every match for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I didn't hate this match. I, I there's stuff a lot of like like the claw blading. I thought I thought Mongo bumped well for David. Um, but you know, the bottom line is the Mongol is really limited, so it's really hard to have a, an, an exciting match. So I mean, this is just all this is is a table setting for David Von Erich getting the claw over, and you know, where they're building him for the world for the world championship match. Um, and then you, Johnny already talked about Akbar getting on the mic. This is just nuts. So uh, <laughs> so I uh, at least at least the next week we get a good promo from Akbar. Uh-huh. Um, Brody versus Hayes, though. That's a main event. Uh, Kelly, what's going on here? Yeah, it, it's a main event, but they don't really give you too much here. Um, and they cut out the intros, so I'm thinking the music was edited out. I'm wondering if this is going to be something going forward where we're going to get a lot of uh, intros cut out. Because uh-huh. they, they clearly edited something out, because it starts right after the bell. Rang and yeah, so well, look, I know all the all the everything was that there was no entrances at all on this show. Yeah, I mean, and really, yeah, and really, what would you and rather? I think for a lot, of, I mean, Kelly, I think for a lot of the episodes we've gotten no entrances. Yeah, we haven't. No, really, but what would you rather have? 
the entrances just cut out. We start there or some bad WWE dub, you know, just I like I like the way they're doing it. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I don't want the dub. I, this was just more noticeable. Usually, I guess they cut out the entrances, but then they have it still with uh, Lawrence doing the introductions, right. like the ring, like that hasn't been cut out. That that was completely cut out from this. It was just well, he, like, had, bang. he had no Brody and Hayes are slugging each other. Well, he hadn't even made his announcements yet because during the fight he he, he, mm, he does yeah you're right yeah Brody went straight for Hayes. Okay, never mind. Uh, that's. I don't want to be uh, complaining too much about that, but um, <laughs> that was one thing I feared going in was that eventually the dubs or something is going to ruin the whole experience of world class because they can't use the music. But so far, it I mean, hasn't the bottom been line that. is, I mean, let, well, let's talk about it right now. Uh, music and world class. I think world class and ECW are the two biggest things when you can't get the original music. I think it's the two promotions in the history of wrestling. That hurts hurts uh, the promotions yeah. more than any other one. Yeah, I would I would yeah. I would agree with that because they were so tied into the rock and roll thing in world class. That was a big yeah. part of it. And ECW, let, let's just face it, you try to watch some of those ECW shows on the network without the music, and you're like, oh, this isn't anywhere near as good as I thought it was. Yeah, you almost <laughs> feel like a nerd watching it. You know, I was like, <laughs> I mean, do you really want to watch a New Jack match with no New Jack music? I mean. Yeah, what's yeah. the point? I haven't no, even no. tried to watch the network ECWs. I mean, do I, I want? Do, do I really want to watch a Sandman match without fucking Metallica? No, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it I've was. Watched, I've watched a lot of Mid Atlantic and I watched a lot of Mid South on the network, and then not having the music isn't as nearly as glaring. It doesn't affect. Well, yeah. well, it, well, it doesn't affect them because not everybody had songs. Like yeah. I'll tell you, I, I mean, it still bugs me that when I watch like when I watch those old bashes and I don't get to hear the Manhattan transfer going, ooh ah ooh ah cool cool kitty for Jimmy right. Valiant, but that's the only one that really bugs me. I can't think of anything else in World Class. I mean, uh, in Mid Atlantic that I was like, well, that was that super important to the presentation. Maybe the Road Warriors and Iron Man. Yeah, Road Warriors, Iron Man. I think Indian Street, wherever he was, when they don't play his proper theme music. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he really wasn't – I mean, Andrew Street was a huge star, don't get me wrong. But he wasn't, like, iconic, you know, tied into a territory. Like, right, and his uh, music his music was his own record that he recorded. Yeah. So, you know, that's up to him. Yeah, so – Yeah, you know, it annoys me, but I'm, I'm a – yeah, I'm a big music guy. And I me love too. I love when the real songs, the pop songs, were used as entrances. Oh, I, um, I, of course. I've had this argument with people over the years that sometimes are, they're like, you know, I really pre- like I, I prefer the original, the, the stuff that the WWE creates to uh, to the using other people's music. And I was like, what? No, I'm, you got to be fucking kidding, gotta be kidding me. You know, there's a lot of who are these people from? Oh, this was in debates at, at DVDVR. I remember having over the years There are people right. who were there's people who are just as attached to the shit they grew up listening to and they think it's great. As we are, but what we grew up listening to was fucking, you know, goddamn junkyard dog coming down. Another one bites the fucking dust, and then you're like, right. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that adds so much to the dogs overall, you know, experience and Hogan with Eye of the Tiger and all that. It's Freebie Birds, of course. I mean, it's it sucks that they can't. I, I can literally, I can literally tell you the exact time I went from really liking Hulk Hogan to being like, ah, fuck Hulk Hogan. Right. Was when he stopped being Eye of the Tiger, and it was this dumb real American song. I was like, ugh, ugh. Eye of the Tiger was dope, but that I hated real America. Still do. 
Well, now it's been dubbed into everything he's ever done. So I know. It's uh, the worst. I'm surprised. Maybe even like the 1980 Hogan, Fabulous Hulk Hogan. They've dubbed in Real America. No, I know they haven't. But that, that would be actually. <laughs> Can you imagine? Really? <laughs> he, he's got Fred. He always Blassie. had that music. He's got Fred Blassie as his manager and his Pied Piper cape. I am a real American. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them doing that. That's for like funny. A showdown at Shea or something like that. Yeah, um, that's just the <laughs> shitty thing about. It. I mean, that's you know the up. You know, it's, it's hit or miss. You know, the upside is you get we get great quality on the network, but yeah. you know, there's certain aspects you miss, and the music clearly is the probably the number one thing when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, it is for It me. just shows that yeah, you, you have the convenience of everything. Well, it just also shows what you could get away with back then because these guys were using this music without paying for it and that's, you know, at the heart of it that's kind of shitty, you know. It's like, no, it's you know, you you have to pay for that sort of thing. Even even back then if you played played it on television, mm-hmm. you know, if it was on an episode of Different Strokes or some shit, someone got paid. But in wrestling they're like knowing since no one was so under the radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even up yeah, in the 90s. They were victims of their own success. Once they got too popular, they couldn't play that music anymore because uh-huh. then people would finally notice. So that's why that ended. Oh, well. Um, so I'm glad we talked about that because the show was going to be pretty short. Yeah, guys, we're in the, good thinking. The main event. And this is much, isn't much of a match. Um, Brody's just slugging Hayes all over the ring. And within a a minute or so, Gordy interferes, delivers the Oriental Spike to Brody again, and then we get a cavalry, or I thought it was going to be a cavalry charge, but actually, this was another mistake by Mercer. He said it was Mantell and Adams, but it was only Adams. There was no Mantell. No, Mantell was in there. Mantell was, was he? there. Yeah. yeah. Man- oh, but he must have got knocked. Exactly. No, Mantel was the least effective babyface running in. He runs in, gets knocked out right away, and rolls out of the ring, and then he's not wow. he's the anything first else. One, and he's also yeah. the first one gone, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought, but then he was he vanished. Vanished. Uh, so I guess he's Super Push 83 yeah. <laughs> Super Push 83 is officially over, because that's pretty weak if you're, yeah, knocked out one punch and gone. Adams at least struggled and stayed in the ring. And the the one good thing about this, or cool thing about this match, was the crowd was just on the verge oh. of a riot. Almost, yeah. <laughs> a fan oh, tried yeah. to get in the ring. Oh, dude, yeah, it wasn't the chaos. I mean, dude, that fan, that fan was more effective than John Mantell in his <laughs> than his running. Well, it took out yeah, several police and security to drag him away. Yeah, it took looked, a number of guys. Crazy. That motherfucker. I only caught a brief glimpse of him. He looked like kind of like Charlie Manson or something. Yeah. <laughs> Long-haired beard and with a crazy look in his eyes. (laughs) So, but, yeah, like, the crowd was on the edge of their seats. They were ready. Like, if this angle had gotten any more heated, there would have been more. They would have went crazy. Um, And this wasn't even that heated of an angle. I mean, I guess, yeah, the Oriental Spike's been portrayed as being a death blow and killer and all that. But still. Now this is the second time they've been teasing Brody and Gordy. And so people, are, I think, are just jonesing to see it. And and you got to think about it. Brody didn't get beat up pretty often. This is number two now. Um, yeah. So to see him being vulnerable because of how, because when you present yourself as being this ultimate badass, who's usually the guy saving people, and now he's been, you know, gotten beat up twice now. Uh, yeah, it gets super heated because it's it's 
you're, you're spinning, you're almost, you know, it's almost like watching uh, Superman with the kryptonite going. Yeah, down. well, then as soon as the, the kryptonite. first time, second time yeah. ever. Well, as soon as the kryptonite left the ring, he was fine then because Adams was selling it the whole time. And, you know, Brody sold it while he was in the hole. And then when he was out, he was right up on his feet walking around. Bert Mercer even pointed it out. Oh, it seems like he's pretty yeah. fine. <laughs> and yeah, Brody doesn't sell. <laughs> That's one of the criticisms, main criticisms. Uh, against him. but the crowd just loves him. He's so beloved yeah, no, oh, by I don't uh, Dallas. Yeah, he's a god to them. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I hope we have a Brody um, Gordy match out there to watch because I really want to see that um, get like full time or uh, adequate time with blood right, and everything. That'd be that'd be great. No, no? okay. I was not hoping until, you were gonna say yes, like... Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> not until like no, uh, not even in your fast collection. There's nothing. Well, not until like 1980 when Rick Rude was there. Oh well, we're not going to be doing it that the show that yeah, long. Yeah, they have like a bar wire. That ain't happening. Most of them, most of the things that may tape are six or seven minutes. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Well then, fuck it all. <laughs> you so, quit. I quit. I'm done. No music. No Brody and Gordy. What, what's the point? I'm calling Parv. What's he up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Parv's active again. Get him. He can take my spot or find James or something. I'm done. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, this is pretty effective for, for the most part. I mean, and again, the way the crowd reacts to it, it made the angle even better. So oh, yeah. it worked for me. What about oh, you, was, uh, John? Well, I would say, that this, let's face it, this was not a good, I didn't think this was a good show at all. Half of it was a greatest hit show. Half of it, everything else's matches I thought sucked. This was fucking hot and crazy. You got you know Charlie Manson fan running into the fucking ring, you know, cut, you know the place is about to riot. It's fucking chaos. I was like, okay, that's great. So if, if you were gonna, if you were gonna watch this episode, I would yeah. say fast forward to the last match. You just watch this because it's fucking hot and wild and nuts yeah. and crazy, and the rest of it was just not. <laughs> Does, and I gotta ask you guys: Does anyone take like an ass kicking better than Michael Hayes? No, he's one of the best, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. He's so great. He's so over the top, playing to the last row. Everyone knows he's getting his ass kicked. It's fantastic. He is definitely one of the most expressive uh, wrestlers around, and that's a uh, an art. People are sometimes people trying to make it too be too subtle. Screw subtlety, man. Go over the top, baby. Of course. Yeah. It's because it's theater. You gotta, yeah, exactly. You, theater. And I you guarantee gotta, you, you, Johnny Sorrow doesn't play small and is in his uh in your theater group. Fuck no, fuck no. And that place, <laughs> fuck no. That place only held 80 people, and I played fucking yeah. big, you know? But, uh, oh, yeah, one more thing in this. With, uh, Kelly pointed this out last, uh, last time, but, you know, Mercer's favorite term when the guy comes in the ring uh, house fire, you know, is exploding because when Kerry came in, he's like, Kerry's exploding on Hayes, exploding on Gordy, he's exploding on everyone. <laughs> Nobody taking him aside. <laughs> just say, hey, you, you know what that sounds like? <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> well, it only gets better next week because he lays out the oh, ultimate uh, I know. in. Um, Unironic 1980s uh, yeah, comments. That's the teaser. <laughs> I, I've already thought about that. I was like, Kelly, you take that one because I won't be able to get through it. But, uh, <laughs> yes, the next episode is going to be, there's going to be a lot of laughs. I promise you that, folks. But what was also really good was Terry Gordy's promo at the end of this. 
You know, he's like, what I'm here to yeah. do is clean up a mess. The mess of the Bruiser Brodies and the Carrie Von Erickson. Bill's like, with what, the Oriental Club? Don't interrupt me. I don't care if it's in San Antonio or Dallas or Fort Worth or where it is. And Bill goes, well, it's going to be here next week. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Terry Gordy's cutting a super promo and he keeps interrupting him. Well, Bill had to get his point across uh, by plugging uh, the main event because it's Kerry Gordy for next week. It just sounded so funny. He's like, I don't care where it is. And he's like, yeah, he, he doesn't say he doesn't say. And fans, it'll be next week here. He looks up at Gordy. He's like, no, it's going to be here next week. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get the and all the matchmakers bid on it. And, whoa, we get it here at the story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then well, we got a glimpse, I'm a brief glimpse of, uh, sorry, we got a brief glimpse of Buddy with his white Stevie Wonder wig before we wig, went I off the it. air. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been kind of with the greens here, John. I didn't care for the show. Didn't have a lot going for it. But the main event, uh, the angle was good. And I'd say the, the post-match with the Mongol and Von Eric and... I mean, for just shits and grins, I also enjoyed the Akbar promo because it's so ridiculous. It's so silly. Yeah. What about you, uh, uh, Kelly? Yeah, well, I mean, it made it easy to watch all this footage this morning because the first 25 minutes or whatever I could just skip over. <laughs> uh, they've been doing a lot of reruns at the beginning lately. Uh, I don't know if they're short on uh, on wrestlers. They don't have enough matches or something. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, what we did see, other than the near riot in the main event, was totally forgettable, of course. Well, I mean, then they don't bust out blood too often, so you got to see no, that with the, with the Mongol uh, blading on the, the claw. But, yeah, it's, a, you know, they're just kind of moving towards the big shows. There's yeah, still I mean, quite a few mind, weeks to kill. We've said this before, and I'll say it again. I mean, even though there might not be a lot of action, or you might seem dull uh, on the outside looking, and they still did some uh, world building here. You know, it's it's like you know we got we they set up uh, Brody and Gordy. We also they're setting up the Claw versus the Iron. I yeah. mean the, uh, the Oriental Spike. Oriental Spike. Um, yeah, so Gordy's involved in two feuds, basically. Yeah, yeah that's they cool. name dropped. They they teasing teasing the assistant. So you know they. Uh, they, uh, they, they, you know, so they did some world building, you know, uh, it's kind of like sometimes like not a, I'm, like me and Johnny watch a lot of those superhero TV shows. Not every one of those episodes are great, but a lot of times they'll have some a nugget there that sets some, something up for some future. And that's the key to key to episodic wrestling is you got to have something that ties something in. You can have a show that isn't a home run. But you got to progress the story, and I thought they did that well here. So, I mean, even even with it not being a good television show, it still progressed the story where you you felt like you had to see it, you know. Yeah, I guess for me it's just like I don't remember. I don't, remember, I don't think there's ever been a bad episode. Well, except for season one, a bad episode of Legends of Tomorrow, except for season one. Um, <clears throat> but oh yeah, but I mean, still for me, it's also. Wow, that's a lot of John Mantell and the Mongol and, right. and Bill Rathke. I'm like, for me, I'm just like, these aren't compelling people to, on my television set. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's probably like fans of Arrow going out great. Another freaking war dog or whatever is it. Oh, or, uh, wild dog? Wild dog, a great black canary. I thought she died, you know. So, I mean, 
there's, there's characters you like, characters you don't like. So I get it. Uh, I totally do. Um, but, you know, sometimes you... You, know, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be comparing fucking Wild Dog to Bill Rathke. I'm, I'm, I'm not having that. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Ooh, hot doing it. That's hot takes, buddy. <laughs> I'm doing it. Well, I know, man. Johnny, anything you want to plug? Um, let me see. Uh, no, not right now. Kelly. <laughs> well, as always, check out all the shows in the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. Um, greetings from Allentown, Days of Thunder, Bigfoot Pro Wrestling. Uh, what else do we got? Eh, there's a few more that pop um, up every once in a while. But yeah, check it out. Follow me on Twitter at Titans O Wrestling. Have a great week. Watch the wrestling you like. Don't ignore the other stuff you don't like because there's plenty of shit out there. But you can find a nugget. Come on, please. I know you can find a nugget. Have a good one. Catch you later. <coughs> oh, All right. Oh, I've been holding in that cough. I'm choking on. <coughs> I was choking right. on a piece of phlegm for like ten minutes. Uh. <laughs> well, that wasn't our best show ever, but uh, oh, yeah, you know, able to fix it. <laughs> it wasn't our best show, and it wasn't the best show. It was like I think we rose to the level of the to the level of what you're you're talking about. My heartaches and troubles. Just up and gone The moment that you come in view And with your hand in mine, dear I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you Waltz across Texas with you is with you like a story book ending I'm lost in your charms and I could waltz across Texas with you